0: My name is Joel Renner, and I want to ask you to please subscribe, like, and comment on this video as you watch it so more people can see this teaching.
1: Welcome to Home Group. It's Friday night. You're about to begin the weekend, and we're going to pray for you to have the best weekend you've ever had in your life. But tonight, we're going to wrap up our teaching on accepting your God-assigned place. This is the study guide. You can download it for free at our website. Joe,
0: how can they do that? Just go to the home page and you'll see a little banner there and you can download it for free. You know, I think it's very good if you do that because you can go back and go through this whole study guide. It's actually your notes from the TV program. And I think it will help you just go through these programs, step by step, all these Greek words. Mm -hmm. And it's
1: a real gift. And it goes with this series. And this series is called Accepting Your God Assigned Place. It's five parts. The back of the series says how to identify where God wants you to be, how to get into alignment with His plan for your life, how to adapt and thrive in God's place for you. You know, we hear from so many people who really struggle to know the will of God. But as we saw last night, when you really find the will of God and surrender to it, That's when things just begin to flow. Isn't it amazing? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hey, welcome, Denise.
2: Thank you, Rick.
1: What do you got in your hand?
2: I've got the point of no return in my hand. And, Home Group, I want to welcome you. We're so glad that you're with us. Every one of you, every one of you is very vital to the plan of God. And maybe you're at a place of the point of no return, that God is giving you your, disi- your assignment and you're embracing that assignment and you're going to push forward. I want to encourage you that it's not a mistake. To do what God has told you to do. And you, this book is gonna help you push through that point, the point of no return.
1: Maxine, we welcome you as well. Friends, I'm so happy to be here, and it's fun. <laughs> hey, let's open our Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10. Got it. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10. But first I want to quote Ecclesiastes nine ten from the NIV. It says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. And we've seen tonight and this week that sometimes people struggle with what they do. And they think, oh, I wish I could do something else. I know this is where God wants me to be, but I really don't like it. Or I wish that I could try something else. You know what? That'll be a struggle your whole life until you finally just say, I'm going to quit fighting it. And God, if this is where you've called me. If this is really what you're asking me to do, pour the grace on. I'm accepting your grace. If your grace has defined this as my place, I'm going to embrace your grace. Make me the best I can be where I am. That's very interesting because
0: Apostle Paul asked the Lord to remove something in his life three times. That's right.
1: And God said, no, you have the grace to go through it. And I think that's encouraging. But let's look at this verse 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, this is how we're going to wrap up our series this week. It says, As every man has received the gift, so men are the same, one to another, as good man, stewards of the manifold grace of God. But notice the very first of that verse, it says, every man. Maxime, it's the Greek word hekastos. Can you tell us what hekastos means?
3: Everyone, absolutely everyone, no exception.
1: No exception. So the first thing you find in this verse is every man... talking about Christians, every single Christian, me, Denise, Joel, Maxime, you and everybody in the room with you, every one of us have a special gift. Good.
0: That's good news. Very good news. Why is that good news? Because my gift is nothing like Maxime's. If you saw me and my brothers, we are different from one another, and that's a good thing. And I think my gift is special if I tried to be what Philip is, it would be wrong. If Paul tried to be what I was, it wouldn't work out very well. I have
1: my own place, and I think that's very encouraging. You know, your mother and I are very different. We're, we're gifted very differently, and it's awesome because we complement each other. And when we try, I to, have
0: what she doesn't have. She has what I don't have. And we tried, when we try to act like other people, I
1: think it turns out to be a little phony. It is phony. And we need to be, we need to be ourselves. We need to be authentic. Mm-hmm. But it says, as every man has received... The gift. You have to take ownership of your grace. You have to take ownership of it. There was a time in my life when I really felt like I was less than other Bible teachers. I would even look at other people and think, I can't preach like them. And you know what? I really can't. I can't. And I'm just amazed by the way some of them preach. But I can't do it that way. You know what? It's not me and it's not my grace, it's not my gift. You know my gift is? Doing what I'm doing right now. My gift is the New Testament primarily or language. Diving into the Greek, that's my part. And the greatest day came in my life when I realized my part was different than everybody else's part. Just like I can't do what they do, they can't do what I do. We're all in the same room. We all do different things and we can't be each other. You have to receive the gift that you have received. You have to receive it. You have to embrace God's grace. And in fact, it says, as every man has received the gift. Well, guess what word the word gift is? In Greek, it is the word charisma. Mm. The word charisma is from the word charis. Now, today, there's a whole lot of talk about grace, and most people who are talking about grace don't have a clue what they're talking about. The word charis is so simple. The word charis was a very special word used Among the Greeks, it was a pagan word which transferred into the New Testament and became a Christian word. But why did it become a Christian word? Where did they get this word? The word charis was a pagan word that was used when people believed that a person had been specially touched by the gods. And when a person had been touched by the gods, it was called charis. Oh, that person has charis on his life. The gods have touched him. And when people saw a person was transformed or they could do something that naturally they would never be able to do, they would say, oh, he's under Karras, which really meant he's under the spell of a god, or he's the lucky one, or he's the lucky one. It really carried the idea of, look, a lucky one, something's happened to him. This person who was not talented suddenly is talented. This person who had no ability suddenly is miraculously filled with ability. Something has come on him like a magic spell that has transformed him under the touch of the gods, charis. That's where the word charis comes from, which is where we get the word grace. Which is why it's so important, the Bible says, by grace are you saved. It means God touched you and God gave you the supernatural ability to be saved. When you say the grace of God is working in your life, you're saying, God's touches on my life. Like what the Apostle Paul said, he said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. You know what that really meant? By the grace of God, I'm not what I was. (laughs) Because when the grace of God touched him, he became something different. The grace of God transforms you. It is a transforming power that makes you different. Now, in this verse, it becomes the word charisma. And charisma is a grace-given enablement. And according to this verse, if you're a Christian, God's grace is on you. God has put the power of His Spirit upon you, and when His Spirit came upon you and came into you, it came with supernatural enablements that are not naturally yours. They're given by grace. It's God's grace working in you. Denise, what do you want to say?
2: Oh, just thinking, I'm listening to you. I'm thinking about when I, when I gave my whole life to Jesus and that I, I was transformed. His grace came upon me and I became a different person. I became a bold person. I became one who shared Christ. I became one who prayed for people. Before that, I was too afraid to do any of that. But His grace...
1: Transformed you. Transformed me. It's really like you come under the spell of God. I did. Don't you like that? Some people won't like that. I already know.
2: Well, and when you were saying what the carnal way that the Corinthians described it, Rick, I was thinking, I love that definition. I love that
1: definition. We are under the divine spell of God. That's what grace is.
2: I came under his spell.
1: Isn't that marvelous? I love it. Anyway. So in this verse so far, number one, we've seen every man, every single person that includes you and everybody in the room with you, all of us, has received. We've all received something, but you have to embrace it. This word receive, the word lumbano means to freely receive and take until you make it your own. Whatever we receive, the gift, a charisma, a grace given enablement. Mm. It may not be natural to you, it's supernatural. Mm. And as a response, we are supposed to minister the same one to another. The word minister is the Greek word diaconio. You say, well, what does that mean? Yes. The word diaconio was the word used to describe people who serve tables in very luxurious homes. Mm. And because they were serving very high level wealthy people, they had to dress right. They had to speak right. They had to learn how to be cultured and polite. They had to know how to properly serve the food. They were serving very prestigious people, diaconio. And they were to make sure the recipients had an amazing, pleasurable, unforgettable experience. So those who served diaconio had to be the highest level professional servants that existed. And that is the word which Peter used to describe how we are supposed to administer the grace which has been brought into our life. Which means, if I have a grace to teach, and I have a grace to teach from the Greek New Testament, which is what I do, God expects me to be the very best. Mm -hmm. I am serving God's people. The people around the table are God's people. And God expects me to dress right, to speak right, to behave right, and to be the best, the most professional, the most excellent I can be in the way that I serve, high-level serving with my gift. Denise, you sing. God expects the best of you. Joel, you are such an administrator. You're like Joseph, and God expects the highest-level servant of you. Maxime, you are fabulous on so many levels. God expects the best of all of us and you. And one of the worst things that happens is when somebody says, well, I have the grace of God, you know, it's, it's, it's supernatural. It doesn't take any effort on my part, and they're sloppy with their gift. You know, that is not acceptable. Mm-hmm. Peter uses this word minister, the Greek word diakonio, which means God is expecting every one of us to shine with his grace. And it's not about us. He says, minister the same one to another. I tell Denise all the time, she'll tell you this is the truth. I regularly say, Denise, this is not about us. TV program's not about us. Church is not about us. None of it is about us. It's about everybody else. Our graces are not for us to make us feel good about ourselves. Now, if you embrace your grace, you will feel better about yourself. But God didn't pour all that in you just for you. It's for others. It's for others. It's for the people around the table. It's for the people around the table who is around your table, where you've been called, your gift, how can you serve them the very best? That's exactly what Peter says in this verse. Denise?
2: Well, I'm, I'm just thinking about what what God has given us, and that when we're obedient, We are moving in the most natural place that we can. We were designed for obedience, and we were designed to give our very best to each other. And and I was thinking about this, Rick. I was thinking many, 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 many years ago. I was recognizing that God had given me gifts. No, I'm not talking about singing. I'm talking about laying hands on people and seeing people healed. I wanted to see miracles. And, and God was, was, was opening this up to me, and I was trying to embrace it. And, and, and I, was, I was coming from it of, well, then I will be something, or I, I will be accepted. And, and I remember the day that he showed me. The gifts of God are gifts. They're not for you.
1: They're for others.
2: They're for others. Yes. Mm -hmm. And when we embrace the gift. They
1: pass through you to others.
2: They pass through us. But when we embrace that gift that God has given us, it's like he comes through us and he's able to put something. On the table. On the table or on you. Amen. 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 To dress you. We can dress one another and, and, and be our very best.
1: Well, Peter goes on to say that we're to do it as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And the word steward is a particular word that was used to describe a household manager who was responsible for managing the funds and the treasures of the owner. They didn't belong to him. But he was so trusted that he was given the task of administrating, managing, spending, saving. He was the manager. And in this verse, God says we're to be good stewards of the manifold grace of God, which means the grace that is operating in us, it really belongs to God. Mm. But God has set us over it as a manager. Now Joel, I'm thinking about you, because you really are the manager of our ministry. Thank you. And you take it so seriously as you look over every detail. You handle it as though you're going to be accountable for everything. You're such a good steward of what's been placed in your hands. Maxime, you too. When I look at what you do with Zolotovic and how you serve me and Denise and everything you do in the ministry, you are such a good manager of Thank what's you. been placed into your hands. Thank you so much. Thank you. We have to understand that our grace was given to us by God as a trust. And God expects us to manage it. God expects us to administrate it. And the verse goes on to say, as good stewards of the, are you ready for this? What does it say? Manifold Manifold grace of God. Manifold. Well, the word manifold is a Greek word which means variegated, the variegated grace of God. It is the same word used in Genesis in the Old Testament Septuagint the very same word to describe Joseph's coat of many colors. So you could translate this, the variegated grace of God, the multicolored grace of God. It can even be translated the multifaceted grace of God. Well, when you think of something multifaceted, what do you think of? A diamond. Well, diamonds are beautiful that they're not beautiful till you put them in the light. If you have a diamond in a dark room, nobody even knows you have a diamond. But when you put the diamond in the light, what happens? It begins to refract so many different colors and shades. It's so multifaceted. Which one's better? Oh, they're all beautiful. They're all beautiful. All beautiful. I have another example. Well, let me say something first. The point here is, we all shine a little differently. Mm-hmm. I shine differently than Denise. Joel, you shine differently, Maxime, you shine differently, you shine differently. What's important is that we get out in the light and we let God's glory shine on us so we can be who we're supposed to be. And you know what else? sometimes in life, you shine differently at different seasons of your life. Mm. Isn't that the truth, Denise? Mm-hmm. As you get older in the Lord and The diamond begins to be repositioned into a different angle. You begin to shine differently than you did when you're younger. It's okay if we're all different from each other. We're supposed to be different. It is the multifaceted, manifold
0: grace of God. What were you going to say, Joel? We've all seen a rainbow, I think. But I was sitting in my apartment, and the rain had just passed. And there was the most thick, magnificent rainbow. I could see all the colors. And they were all beautiful. I thought Skittles were going to start coming out of the sky. Oh. I mean, it was amazing. I yelled to my wife, Ola, and she came in and she found another rainbow. There were two rainbows. Uh-oh. But this one rainbow was just so thick. And you could see all the, the various colors, mm. all the color schemes. It was beautiful. And none of them were worse than the other one. There was purple and red and orange. I mean, it
1: was just beautiful. Maxime, what do you have to say about all of this?
3: Uh, grace is wonderful, but very often you have to put work into what God has called you to do. That's right. Diakonia, you, you you serve, but you have to learn how to serve. And I'm thinking about how when God called me and one of the things he told me to do was to learn English. And I grew up in the Soviet Union where nobody spoke English. Nobody. I didn't know, I only knew one person who knew how to speak English. There was no reason to speak English in those days because nobody ever met anybody that spoke English. No. And God told me, I want you to learn English, and, I, and I'm self-taught. I'm 100% self-taught, and I had to take all those books and study every day for several years, and uh, now I'm able to translate for you. But, and I'm thankful for the grace he gave me, but I had to work to learn a foreign language. That's exact. You've got to cooperate with the grace of God. And In fact, the Bible even tells
1: us not to frustrate the grace of God. Mm. You can frustrate it by not cooperating with it. That's really good. Thank you, Maxine. I would like to ask a question. Yeah. It seems
0: like some people's gifts are more vibrant, more noticeable. And I, I think I know why, but I want to ask. When I was looking at that rainbow, you could see other colors m- more distinct than, than the other ones. They, the other ones kind of faded out eventually. Mm-hmm. But there were ones that just standed out. And I think that if you polish your gift, if you take care of it, if you manage it, if you steward it, I,
1: it's my opinion that you'll stand out more than others. If you put work into it, you'll become better and you'll shine. But let me ask you a question. All right, here we are on Home Group. Camera's on us. Behind the camera is our producer. Now let me ask you, who's more important? If he wasn't there, there wouldn't be any lights here. There wouldn't be a camera. We wouldn't be talking to anybody tonight. That's right. And I think that when you're in your grace and you're enjoying it, it's very important to remember that other people's grace is just as important as yours. Mm-hmm. The truth is, if Sasha wasn't doing his part tonight, it didn't matter how much we wanted to talk to our home group. His part is just as important as ours and nobody sees him. Mm-hmm. And in the body of Christ, there is kind of a, an evenness that comes. You know, somebody said, well, who's the most important? I don't even think like that. We're all important. Each one of us have a grace. We may have different roles, but every single role is vital. It is essential. And in fact, when you go on in this verse, it says that we're to be good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Wait, hold are are you ready for this? Yes. I'm gonna give you the RIV. And here's the Renner's interpretive version of this verse. Every single one of you without exception has received a grace given gift. Embrace what God has placed inside you. Take ownership of it and do your best to develop and use that gift to meet the needs of one another. God has entrusted a great deal to you by placing such a dazzling gift in your life. And he's depending on you to be faithful with this important responsibility. But hold on. When you go to verse 11, he says, We are to do it as of the ability which god giveth that god in all things may be glorified through jesus christ when the bible says the ability that god giveth the word giveth is remarkably the greek word Correggio the word koregio is the greek word for a choreography or a grand production mm. and it means that when we really give ourselves to the gift, the grace that God has given us, what happens through us is simply phenomenal. It's like God puts on the greatest show in every person's life. You just become spectacular as the grace of God begins to flow through you. It's like a whole choreographed production as God's grace begins to work through you. And when we really allow it to work through us like that, this verse says the glory goes to God through Jesus. Let's let God produce a grand finale through every one of us every single day. Can you say amen, God? Amen. Amen. Amen.
2: amen. Denise? He's the one who's given us all the gifts, and he's the one who's even given us the breath to breathe. So actually everything is from him. Everything is from him. And and so when we yield to it, it does give him glory. I was thinking when we were talking about the diamond shining I was thinking that when we give what God has given us, it makes him shine.
1: Mm, that's marvelous. Joel, do you have anything to add?
0: I just want to say if you guys need prayer, please call us. Call us at one eight hundred seven four two five five nine three. 742 5593 or email us at prayer at renner.org. We really believe in prayer. It's one of the staples of our ministry. It's what we stand on. The Bible says the prayer of a righteous man avails
1: much, and we really believe that. Maxime, do you have anything to add?
3: Uh the, the, you were talking in the very beginning about us. Uh, w- we want to be somebody else. Mm-hmm. We have to embrace our grace. And one of the examples you gave once, and I re- always remember this example, uh, King David, when he was a little boy and he came to fight Goliath, they tried to put, to put Saul's armor on him. That's so good, Maxine. He didn't want Saul's armor. He said, I'm going to stick with my sling. I know how to use it. So stick with something you know how to use. Don't try to use somebody else's grace. Stick with your sling. Stick with your weapon that you know how to, to use. You will succeed. If, if he allowed them to put Saul's armor on him, he would have failed. He would not kill Goliath. He was able to kill Goliath only because he was using something he knew how to use. He was in his grace. He, he, yeah, he submitted to his grace. You know, sometimes people
1: try to make you be somebody else. And you have to resist it and say, you know what? That's not me. That's that's not who I'm supposed to be. Thank you for being with us. We speak grace and peace to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Bye-bye.
0: Wow, wasn't that a great teaching? My friends, I want to ask you to please like, subscribe, and comment on that video you just watched so more people can see it.